A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign. I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Goldstein. And I'm the new couch of this podcast. <laughs> yes. Like, you got a new couch? No. <laughs> you got a new couch. You got a new couch. My couch came. Praise, praise Allah. It is <laughs> it is here. Praise God. Praise Yahweh. I now believe in God now that this couch has come. West Elm is still my enemy, but I have a new couch. And this is now the second set of couches i've moved like sister of the traveling pants onto a friend so now i've seen like my it's my second old couch i've seen in like a friend's space too so i'm just like in the full couch ecosystem right now it's so good but did came did come with mismatching legs you know that can be switched that can be switched out i knew i just knew it wasn't gonna be a full like there i'm like of course there's still gonna be something wrong with this thing but I'm kind of glad because now I have like work. really good ammo for the West Elm customer service call to come. I needed like a day off from t- like spending hours with them on calls. But now I'm like, all right, I'm coming back. 
seeing what type of can refund you... I can get for my troubles. Yeah, I guess that's true. I was gonna say, can you see the legs? Can you see the mismatch? Or are they? It's like you, no. the amount you pay, you deserve to have the right ones. Yeah, no, and you're that's, right. That's the thing. Also, like the 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 customer service hell. And I tell them, I tell everyone I've talked to at West Elm. I'm like, I know this isn't you. I know this is systemic. Twitter and Reddit. I, I should have checked Twitter and Reddit before we ordered this couch because I would have seen the truth. Um, and not what they'd show you in the showroom, which looked great. Oh my God, it's ready to go. I can sit on it and try it. It's not an internet couch. No shade to the internet couches. I just want to see what this is like in real life before it arrives. And no, now it's, and now she's here and it's, it's been cute. And now I'm like, now Rosie, my cat keeps sleeping on, like she doesn't sleep with us anymore. She just sleeps on the couch. So it's cat approved, which is very, very sweet, but yeah. Some some chemical on that couch has lured her in and she won't won't leave. <laughs> well, it is a changing time too for weather. Like mm-hmm. my dog, my dog also has his own room. Um, <laughs> it's under the bed, but um he sleeps under the bed. That's his like private his space. Cave. Like he has certain toys that he like keeps under there and stuff. And like I have to go in there and check every once in a while because I'm like, what the fuck's he doing under there? But I think it's like a hot weather thing like mm. it's a little bit cooler it's dark it's like not True. you know mm-hmm. it's low and mm-hmm. whatever there's no light it's very like she restful. is in the cooler darker space now and so maybe she'll be back is all i'm saying mm-hmm. don't just, close the bed to rose it's just like the submarine <laughs> the submarine people they're in the cooler oh my God. Darker <laughs> space now I'm, gripped. I'm completely gripped i got gripped this morning is, as we you know the nation of is course it not is not the nation Ripped by this tale? TikTok it, definitely is. I don't know the nation. I don't know if my mom's I, heard about it. This is a good test, actually. I should text. I want almost want to text my mom right now. Like, have you heard about it's like Do a mom about check. This. Do you know about the submarine? I think it feels TMZ level, which I equate I to mom. It might knowing. be it might be news. I it think might it's be news. on the news, yeah. This it has seems, to be. It's pretty yeah. newsworthy. I, the only reason to me seems newsy is only because of the discourse going like, how is this getting so much attention and the uh-huh. refugee ship didn't get any attention? So mm-hmm. I don't know if this is, if it actually is like news news, but it seems news news. Mm-hmm. And let's see what, what the, day is it? It's June. Tw- we're recording this on June 20th. So who knows? There might be major updates by the time this comes out, which is not much later. So who knows but yeah well, it just seems i feel like titanic has been trying uh, to so something does feel a little i don't know titanic's yeah. been in the ether as well it feels very timely yes but it also feels so on the nose of like anything to do with the titanic like where it's like why would you go on another doesn't that just feel like appropriate yes of, or like or just like Dude, this this the whole thing is about yeah about like tragedy about things breaking and not working and all of the like mm-hmm. it just feels so on the nose i mean it's beautiful but yeah if, and if you don't know uh, how do you describe this a bunch four or five rich people went on to this a submarine? bizarre submarine i don't is that it's, even a submarine a, at like, that point it's a tour that's provided three of the people are are working it and I believe, or two of them are working it and three mm. of them are passengers. Um, and it 
is a tour that's offered to view the Titanic wreckage, which mm-hmm. is 12,000 feet below sea level. Um, for those of you who don't know much about what that is, um, 600 PSI, you cannot survive. Um, a human cannot survive at 600 PSI. Mm-hmm. Also, most marine animals are not um, mm-hmm. are not that that low. Um, obviously, there right. are undiscovered species and very deep diving animals and dwellers that we are aware of. But even some of those ones that you see in like aquariums and stuff, like, like the, the weird guys. octopuses in those, like yeah, those are also higher most of wow okay this Twelve thousand is deep yeah it's yeah. not and so the like excursion or whatever it is um i don't believe this is the first one so i do think that's a reason why people are that's like, what was my question i was like is this yeah. the first go I, that, I think that they trust in seeing that it's been done before possibly okay um, so I'm the not people aboard is three business two business guys one the pilot and then the other guy's the ceo of the company okay. of the tour company yeah, yeah. of ocean gate okay i thought see okay i thought it was being also, called ocean gate like no it's ocean gate is the name of is the, the name, yeah. like it's, i thought it was like a water gate like ocean gate but it's it does feel it is like ocean gate but also it does feel so i mean they it's wrote like, they it's, wrote their they story yes they i mean it couldn't story. have gone anymore yeah. oh the mv yeah, I mean, polar prince it is tragic. Um, from what I understand, mm-hmm. the the vessel is not. Uh, you're not able to open it from the inside, so right, likely, they're bolted in. Yeah, likely that they imploded. That's like the the most reliable scientific guess. Otherwise, they could be stuck on something. Um, oh my god. But in which case, even if they are at the surface, they would not be able to get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, no GP, no air tag on this thing. Like well, I they, mean, do. they no. do, oh, they do. It it they lost communication, I believe. At like, it's just so deep that it fucked everything up. I think that they norm it normally does communicate, and I mm-hmm. I believe that it um has a device. I don't know for sure, but I. I think it has a device that gets sent up if mm-hmm. it like loses communication that is supposed to help mm-hmm. people track it. I mean, they, the Coast Guard are looking, but right, mm-hmm. it's not looking good. One also, I mean, it's just it's a time, uh, you know, the window of time too, where you have opportunity right. to do something about it is so rapidly like they closing have two days of oxygen or something. Yeah, something I think rough, it's something just under. From the last thing that I saw, that was probably also old news. So it could be less at this point. Sorry. Yeah. I, I think I gave you incorrect information. Um, the depth of the Titanic, I don't think it's 12,000 feet. Um, that sounded right. It's, it, it's, it's, it's 1,300. <laughs> it's saying 4,000 meters. I don't know exactly. Oh, okay. different, different ones are saying different things. Don't. I'm not a scientist. It's hey, mad deep. <laughs> yeah. It's deeper than creatures go and also i mean i've even like just going back to my knowledge of titanic from the movie titanic like no one was in the things going down to look at the titanic they always had like high pressure robots i feel like people going down that far is very 
difficult, very rarely fully done. Yeah, like just not a thing that happened. <laughs> that well, you can't, we don't have like casual service to that far deep in the ocean. I mean, George Lucas has gone really far under. There are like movie, like famous rich people that do this. Yeah. Well, James um, Cameron's famously. That, that's who I mean. Obsessed. That's yeah. who I mean. James Cameron. Why am I? I was like George. Him? George. Why don't I have? You? Why don't I have a brain today? Um, <laughs> I did. I did send a link to the NBC article that says thirteen thousand feet, and okay. then yeah, okay. I think James Cameron has gone much deeper, actually. Um, wow! Like I think he's gone. He's very the Challenger tipped uh, thirty six thousand feet. Yeah, but Whoa. I feel like there's something like not. I don't want to say heroic, but to me, I feel like James Cameron is is like yeah, I'll go. Like James Cameron would be like yeah, we're gonna get yeah, and it's like if we get stuck down there, then I then I went doing what I was trying to do, mm-hmm. take things to push it to the limit, whatever. There would be something like noble about that almost. Whereas this feels, and not to again tragic, not to uh, belittle the extreme, and I mean what I would imagine is dire and terrifying, and I mean would not wish that on. That's that sounds like a would you rather like challenge, you know? But the way that they're mm-hmm. describing this is like tourism of that, where it's like, yeah, that's ooh, yeah, two hundred fifty thousand dollars tickets. So yeah, again, these are and the crew or the people on the thing are very very rich and it is there's just a lot it brings up a lot in terms of i think of also triangle of sadness parasite you know it the joke is too very easily there and it is it is very tragic and sad but it's also like yeah i guess should we be going should we is this what we should be doing it looks like it has been down there at least two dozen times before okay. yeah i also think the um That's still very few i wouldn't think i would i'd need at least like a hundred plus trips as a rich billionaire i'd do it i'd do it tomorrow if somebody was paying for it i bolted in bolted inside that's what gets me i I need an escape patch even though you're fucked like it's worse to do that yeah that's like the escape patch that's the worst thing you can do i also feel like it's not um like the that thing specifically maybe isn't the right way to do it or whatever but mm-hmm. like whatever james cameron did, it's a completely different kind of vessel you know yeah yeah and all of that kind of stuff i think the number of people who've been down that far in the ocean is less than have been in space and it's mm-hmm. we're it's higher pressurized like the yeah. yeah you're not in air so it is yeah it's definitely dangerous uh i don't think first of all what's there to really see i mean i know the titanic but like we kind of get it's like decrepit (laughs) covered in shit and algae i saw an interesting twitter thread that got me that was like um one of the benefits and one of the reasons for finding um the titanic not for this Mm-hmm. specific expedition but in general because everyone was like why why yeah um one of the phenomena that happened after the titanic sinking was that people did not be- most of the survivors were women and children and people did not believe when they gave their account of how the ship sank that mm. it split in half that you see in the movie and you hear that big sound and everything right um, because most of them were women and also because all Hysterical. of the like, electricity went out shortly after and so then it's dark and you can't kind of see these things but finding that 
finding the wreckage proved that these women were not delusional and they did actually wow. see what they experienced. Um, and they also noted, which like absolutely makes sense, that a bunch of Titanic survivors kind of like changed their stories or just didn't say anything about it after this thing because these women were so vehemently disbelieved and they believed like one guy who like came in the water and came out, like missed the whole thing because he said like, no, nah, it just sunk it sunk in this way, but he was like underwater and the electricity had already gone out by the time he had submerged and Whoa. all this kind of stuff too. But it was just like, that's so interesting. Know, of like validating people's experience through a really extreme event mm -hmm. um, being one of the things that is worth why you like investigate those things and document those things. It, it also made me think about, um, I remember in different college courses and throughout whenever you are like reading about a historical tragedy that there's always like pictures and people documenting those things and it's like why are you taking pictures like just do help mm -hmm. the people do something but I think that this made me think of those things of like yeah there is there is a point to documenting a thing totally so you can so you can help people like understand what happens so you can share it for the other people because some things are so horrific that it would be hard to even imagine without seeing images or having some mm -hmm. kind of physical confirmation the rape of Nat king's a big one like like people were like that didn't happen and mm -hmm. you see the pictures you're like Ew. i mean any any like hor horrific tragedy but yeah like the titanic bobbing straight up in the air and dangling there and then going like this like who you wouldn't mm -hmm. think why will why would it do that yeah but as they mm -hmm. demonstrated in the movie titanic you know they did the full cgi layout where they showed old rose like this is what happened which is a great scene and he's like i'm diving at a shipwreck site on Whoa. sunday um i won't be able to go in the wreck but so timely lisa <laughs> with I'm the so excited with the, the yeah. trending with the yeah. trends of shipwrecks well i i'm not a wreck diver so i won't be able to actually go um into the wreck but i might be able to see it from afar um are so there people that have is there like is that a different thing like a certification yeah. to go mm -hmm. near the the wreckage yeah so almost everything in um scuba is a certification process um not everything but yeah if you like underwater photography is its own mm -hmm. um wreck diving tech diving Whoa. um Definitely adventure diving. If you go deep, free diving is something completely different. Um, mm -hmm. There's just a bunch of different ones, cave diving. Um, uh. And there's certain places where they'll allow you to kind of bypass regulations. Like I think the cenotes in Mexico are very well known mm. for letting like open water certs go in, even though they're technically caves or whatever. Um, Interesting. You're... I guess they're like not as dangerous or whatever. So mm -hmm. it wouldn't, it wouldn't, um, you wouldn't need a cave diving certification, but it is, um, wrecks in general are one of the, one of the ways that divers die most often because, um, having overhang above you is like one of the ways to get mm -hmm. disoriented, get lost, not know where you're going and, um, mm -hmm. end up underwater without air. Holy mm -hmm. shit. It's not really I think Scott's interested in it's not really my um I'm I'm there for the great wide open, you know. But yeah. Um, depends. Mm -hmm. Depends on what you're into. Well but I'll let you know if I see anything cool down there, ghosts or anything. Yeah. Hell yeah. Wow. Hell yeah. Dude, what if they find them? And they, they might. 
They might. And also like, well, no, by yeah, well, no releases. But... I know it's one of those. It's one of the things you learn in diving. It's not the same at all, but it's like if you lose your buddy or like you lose contact, you surface like as well as you can get up to the surface and then look around and hope. And if you're under and you don't find your buddy, go up to the top and look around. And it's like mm. you might have just lost contact and been like, all right, let's like go up, finish go, this up. Thing, go up and try to get back in time. Who knows? Wow. Can you imagine? And then see, my brain just went evil capitalist. The books they could sell. Like, I, but you know, but maybe okay. they are. Maybe, they, maybe mm-hmm. it's all set up, you know? Whoa. Maybe it's the whole thing. I also like, for me, when I was reading about it, I was like, oh, this is like the best, like, planned suicide ever. Well, like, that, I just was reading <laughs> like, about one of the guys who's already like a Guinness world record holder or whatever. And I guess I don't know what if that would matter in a thing but then thinking about the same thing i just said about james cameron where it's like oh yeah this guy's just going just going as deep as you can go or whatever mm-hmm. who cares this guy doesn't yeah. care i mean i'm in the plan suicide in the way of like you're terminally ill and yes. you're like ready yeah. to just like i'm going out with a bang kind of like, this I'm is this this is an episode of lost right now I like mean, that that is like look ocean gate stocks were plummeting everyone there <laughs> terminally ill like let's just go see the wreckage and wake up to being first class passengers on the titanic maybe yeah that's maybe, a great that's maybe a great the, show. maybe there's more to the story that will be revealed as mm-hmm. neptune stations out. direct it says that that there's only i don't know it's a uh, not my favorite news source but it does say there's raw news 40, raw 40 hours of oxygen left so. yeah that's that's the one that i saw couple days we'll know yeah all i know is that one of the billionaire's sons went to blink 182 and was like my dad would want me to be be here at blink 182 during these difficult times but it's like you could not post but that's like like i don't judge if you got blink tickets you got blink tickets but the post the post is very quite unique yeah (laughs) i mean man i wish what's his chart ruler well What's his age? We'll again? find out. <laughs> <laughs> What's your age, baby? Well, gripped. Yeah. yeah, we'll see if anything comes up. I feel it. like I feel yes. like we haven't had like a very classic. Um, this feels almost like a '90s news story. You know what I mean? Like it has like a very old school feel to it. This is, you know, uh, baby Jessica in the well. Yes. Chilean miners. That's not 90s, but it is the, you know. Mm -hmm. Like a bobbit dick cut off. Like there's just something. It's so like your brain almost can't wrap around being in that scenario. That makes it so it's so wildly weird. But believe but like, yeah, like makes it's life here on Earth. We do weird shit all the time. That's true. Baby Jessica in the well. Forgot. Did she get out? I don't. Yeah, she did. Okay, she did, and I feel like that's one that's like uh, often checked in on. Like, what's where's Baby Jessica now? <laughs> what she's what's she up to now? Yeah, find out. She's up, killing it. Up to as Lisa said, coming up, rising up. <laughs> speaking, speaking of, let's talk about our topic Rise- for today. Risings. We're talking about rising signs. Continuing. Our series on, I mean, it's not a, a planet, but it is a fundamental point and a mm-hmm. chart component. And we are revisiting 
all of those as we as we are i don't know where i was going with that um <laughs> a big a big uh one of the one yeah. of the three of the big three a big heavy contender when we talk about our chart i think an often often misunderstood thing <laughs> place i know i keep wanting to yeah. say placement i guess it's we wouldn't call this place would you call this a placement yes yeah 100 percent a placement a placement, a placement. Of your that's exactly degree, what it is rising. yeah and it can't you know yeah it's a placement not all placements like, are planets yeah i always think of like the planets being so placed where i'm like i don't often refer to it as like what placement is your rising sign or what whatever mm-hmm. but i think it since houses come up a lot i think it's like this is your first house essentially mm-hmm. Well, it's also something that doesn't, I know your birth chart doesn't change, but then we are talking Mm -hmm. about planets and things moving, but this is the central orientation that determines where all of that is happening too. So it's Mm -hmm. like, this is the stuff that doesn't, again, I know your natal planets don't change, but the planets themselves are moving. So we are talking about a bunch of things that are, are in constant motion, whereas your chart structure does not and when we're looking at transits this is still all happening based on your first like you you don't move around the same way that the planets are you are you are you and i think that that does come from i don't know the the rising sign does feel like that is that part of that to me because even that you're like i guess your rising sign does progress technically if we're looking at progress charts and you will change and and go that way but it does i don't know yeah, it's a framework. I think yeah. that's the best way to look at it because as most of you probably know, um, the way that we practice astrology, the rising sign sets up the houses. And even in whole sign, um, there are certain styles. It might be equal sign. I'm not exactly sure, but there are certain styles where you'll still see the um, the ascendant, the midheaven, et cetera, within the within the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is something that is, you know, it's setting up the way, I don't know. I don't know if it's like necessarily the way we see the world, but I like to think of it as kind of like a blueprint and, you know, maybe in one area we're coloring in one thing or adding a bathroom or whatever else, but it's like seeing what we have to work with. Mm-hmm. Well, and even something like whole sign house, you still would be counting that your actual ascendant would be the, that point where if something is transiting it and going it is going off of its first house versus your ascendant sort of thing and that to me again gives it that like i don't know this is a an important it is where you like become you yeah Yeah. even the i think in the ones that don't really use the ascendant as much they're still it's still informing where your first house begins so yeah even if you say like me i have a later degree taurus rising and so when i go into whole sign i get taurus zero degree is like how we see my chart set up but um that is still based on the fact of where my rising is even though it's at a later degree if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yes yes. we know your first house is taurus you're when you're born Taurus was rising on the Eastern horizon. So I think that's the other part too. It's literally the sign that was rising on the Eastern horizon. The moment where you're born, when you look at a natal chart, it is like a flipped map because the East is on the left and the West is on the right. North, South 
it's a hemisphere thing. I remember like learning that in astro school and they're like, it's just how it is. <laughs> like, this is just how it'd be too confusing to read it the other way. Mm-hmm. And I think someone just DM'd us too and was asking about like pluses versus whole sign, you know, a, a tale as old as time. And of course there's other house systems besides that, but ones we're going to hear about the most are Plasis and whole sign, at least in Western astrology. And I think the reason I like Placidus is because I like the first house starting at the degree of the zone of your rising sign. Like the first house begins when your rising signs begin. But that's just my personal preference. Like that's just how I, I like it because it really it's very like one to one literal like, oh, yes, the degree that it begins. And I think something to know, too, is your rising sign changes what like every two hours ish. Mm-hmm. So if you're born. Yeah, like two hours. If I was born two hours later, I'm a Cancer rising, be a Leo rising. Well, maybe like not so much because I'm like a mid degree <laughs> Cancer rising, 19 degrees. Then maybe like an hour, an hour ish later, I'd be a Leo rising. And so that keeps going every two hours in the wheel and the sky keeps on turning. Mm-hmm. And if you forget, just remember it's like a clock, except mm-hmm. the 12 is in the wrong place. <laughs> it's kind of like a clock. Six and six yes. is 12. You can, you can remember that it's two hours because the sun will only go through the zodiac once a day so that's how we can know that oh, that's a good um, way to 24 mm-hmm. hours in a day so you're dividing it by 12 and then that's how you know like if it's where on the horizon um that's why a lot of times too astrologers will ask you you know like what time you were born and certain astrologers like robert hand um he like they you, you can kind of try to rectify your chart but a lot of the I know we see it a lot with celebrity charts too and a lot of the birth times that you get are 10 30 11 30 and if so if you have something like that um an astrologer might look at it as something that's been rounded um because generally um like what happens is in a hospital a baby is born and then we're like looking at the time after and so specifically if you had some sort of difficult childbirth where you know they had to do something and uh it might have taken a few more minutes to get everything situated get the umbilical cord cut get everything like good and then like oh yeah shoot let's look at the time and record it so mm-hmm. some of those things are just like all right put eleven thirty, or like they're rounding one way or another which I think is another thing that I like, like point Placidus to me, because I think that something like that, and this isn't necessary. I don't know if this happens for everybody, but I think that when you ask someone your birth time, if you had, if there was something out of the ordinary that happened that led to them writing down a rounded number, normally what they're going to say before they tell you the time is, oh, well, when you were born, blah, 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 blah. And that to me is also like part of a rising sign um, almost like your origin story of like how how you also came to enter the earth is part of that. And I think that does like inform the ri- rising sign, whether it is its accuracy going, well, it's a rounded time. So I could be this sign. I could be this sign. But what everybody, the thing that everybody told me was this event, not this other thing. And that to me is like, oh, well, that sounds like cuspy stuff where someone will go, maybe I'm this, maybe I'm this, but I know for certain that it when I came into the world, X, Y, and Z happened, and that has formed my identity. It all to me is like the the meaning of it speaks to that rather than like ease of reading a chart, which to yeah. me is whole sign, where it's like, yeah, that's for that's for astrology's purpose, but for talking about people, 
I mean, the actual time is the time. That's the thing. Like, who cares? It doesn't actual birth doesn't line up on the hour like you're saying the same way it's this sometimes it does especially if you're you know we've i think we've talked about this too about more scheduled um c-sections and things like that or people inducing at a certain time and how, how that has affected more people being born at like an exact hour or like in the morning during business hours so to speak um because you're scheduling things because of medical advances and how that kind of influences things but even that i don't know to me it's all about the the circuit the time and place which placidus is time and space orientation not just okay 30 we know the time and now we go 30 degrees accurately or whatever Mm-hmm. I like both. I I like cosine a lot. I think that um the the I mean if if we are at a rounded time, it kind of does make sense to me to use whole sign, you know, if we're not exactly sure and then we don't want to be setting up the houses quote unquote wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that to me makes sense. I also think the rising is just such an important point that no matter what chart system you're using, you should be looking at it. Um because things are going to be happening crossing that I find that that um I think I've talked about it before like I can tell because my son is the it's like degree one so it's like the beginning of anything entering Taurus and then my rising's more on the way out and like the rising transits are just so much more intense like they're just so much more textbook they're more things that you'll see of course like stuff transiting your son you know the sun isn't necessarily about it's not a blueprint it's not this it's more about what you grow into and who you are and all of those things but the rising ones it like it does tend to have like i would say more tactical effects mm-hmm. on your natal chart do you Absolutely. read or ever look at the gemini ones all the time i usually do because if, if it's a monthly horoscope i usually mm-hmm. do read the gemini one because the things that are transiting they're going to be transiting Taurus for a very short amount of time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also like look at more, I guess, daily transits and how they're aspecting the actual points. So I'm not always like necessarily needing a monthly horoscope, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just wondering if like it hit be like if you could feel it in like that placidus sort of way, like, oh, this is hitting these parts versus these Taurian parts. I mean, they're so close to, I mean, that's the other part of back to like plastics versus whole sign or these rising things being a little like, you know, oh fuck. Like, is it five minutes before or five minutes after? Like, unless it is changing, like it's probably like, you know, it's not going to be too major, but also they're the signs next to each other or the house next yeah. to each other. So it's not like, oh fuck. Like I went from a to- like a totally opposite sign or something. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's different if you have the later degree, in my opinion, it's it's a little bit better to read the next sign because some mm-hmm. of that stuff might have already just happened to you. So sometimes yeah. you're reading it and you're like, wow, this is exactly what I'm going through. But it's like, yeah, but it was kind of last month's transits. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, because... This is not a, a planet or a sign and it changes for everybody. Um, I mean, I guess it's not that's not the reason, but because it represents not the sign itself, but the place, the time, all of those things. I could not refer to my mythic astrology book for this one, which I'm doing in this series. Um, so instead, I'm working only from the inner sky today, um, but by uh, Stephen Forrest. And I liked this because I think 
you know, Stevie, at the beginning, you said about rising signs being kind of misunderstood. And I think obviously, if you are reading about something, the one thing that you read is like, this is your mask. This is the the mask that you put on for society, whatever. And I, I don't like that because I think it in infers an inauthenticity or whatever also who i mean what is it what does that even mean who who knows who cares but i really like this robert hand um sorry not robert hand stephen forrest description because it makes me think of what you're talking about lisa of the intensity of these rising sign transits versus a sun sign because thinking about the rising sign if it is the first house the first house is us these are the things that are also to me no matter what the element is on this cusp um, these are things that are happening like to your person, if that makes sense, not like energetically, not in the way that we see or whatever. And I really liked this. Um, the, the first house symbolizes our optimal mask, not necessarily all masks or a mask or whatever. And it's our outer expression that best serves our inner needs. So figuring out how to successfully navigate our rising sign allows us to express everything else in our chart. It's the vehicle that lets us do that. Um, the ascendant does not create outer personality. Rather, it channels the totality of the birth chart into the world of action, flavoring and expressing the deeper material. Um, he also notes that we all have social identities and personalities and we need them without them. We could only stare wide eyed out into space. And again, it's that thing of like, well, if you don't create something that can be expressing the things, then what we're not able to do any of the rest of our chart. If we don't have like a, if there isn't a person to express them. So a, a personality is fundamentally going to be three dimensional, I mean, two dimensional because no one you, how could you possibly express all of these different things that are changing and conflicting and whatever at the same time? So we choose one that best fits those things. So we are able to express the rest of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've always like, I feel like instead of the mass, I feel like the way I've been describing it to people like in a very one-on-one, you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about sort of way. It's like, it, it might just be how we naturally just kind of hit the streets, like how we're just naturally just going through existence especially since it does determine which planet is your chart ruler which is going to be a very loud voice in your chart um and you can just determine that by if your aries rising aries rules by mars what what what's your mars placement do you have libra mars which is a little more of a softer mars that which house is it in so it's going to give the fuller picture to this big soup that is our natal chart i think of even two like i was raised by two virgos my my stepdad's has a son like right conjunct the rising he's such a good sales guy <laughs> like he's so like he's so warm and instantly virgo and instantly like you feel safe or my mom is it it's very gemini and very sad so like i think it just does like show where the energy is going to get amplified and also with the first house too it's like you know i i i, I teetered back and forth of like the physical body showing up in astrology but some might say that we might look like our rising sign there might be you know i've been clocked for my moon face <laughs> by by others before so there might be elements of the planets that might physically show up in in ourselves too with the first house being the self place but also not just physical things too with the first house can also be very much our confidence our just person our independence and personhood yeah, I think there's a lot of power in the rising. And I do think it is a place where you can find your strength in a lot of mm -hmm. ways. And I yeah. guess it 
it is and isn't in that way physical too. I do think I do think you look like you're rising and and I say that as someone who like you know some people I've recently been like oh I'm a Taurus rising and I'm like oh no like because you know like if you see someone you're like I look like you don't I like oh, no, it's bad. <laughs> I don't want to look like you you know but um it's it is I do think there's like a strength and I think finding you know obviously each sign has their own strengths and stuff but finding how those are strengths um through the rising is is really really important I also think that it's important to um we didn't do these on the last few I guess we kind of did on the sun um but we should talk about how it's calculated and so I think that one of the really important things about learning astrology is like learning to be able to actually do it and not just like type in info um Mm -hmm. which definitely type in info and get the right answer to check and like do stuff um, but we can talk a little bit about like some ways that you can calculate a point like this. So uh, it's a mathematical point. Um, one of the easiest ways is to find a book with an ephemeris and look through for your uh, time of birth and your birthday and location. Um, or they might not have the location available. So you just um use Greenwich Mean Time or whatever time it's listed in and adjust. Um you can maybe use a, you know, what what are those called? Time zone calculator for that yeah. as well. But it's like think about if you had to do this by hand without a calculator. Um I think another way that it is possible to calculate a rising sign, and this is one that maybe is a little bit more uh conducive to like party settings where people don't necessarily have exact times and stuff like that um you can use sunrise uh mm-hmm. you need to know wh- what sun signs month we're in so you will need to know um something i think you should learn in astrology too is like what day the sun changes over generally speaking it's not always the same every year um so know what sun season we're in and then use the time of sunrise as house one and so then you can add two hours to get to the next one and two hours the next one and two hours the next one around the day um and that one can be kind of fun because if somebody tells you you know that they don't know what time they were born but it was 5 a.m and it was you know uh winter when i think the mornings come earlier oh they might be the same rising as sun sign you know and then you can kind of go from there um, or they might, you know, they might be one, two or three. And then you can kind of ask like, oh, do you think you're more Sagittarius, more Capricorn, more this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, knowing cause that's a good reminder, like the clock back to the clock like nature. Like if someone says they're born at high noon, I, their son's going to be up by the midheaven, like mm-hmm. no matter what season it is, if someone was born and. I was born at mid, right at midnight. Like I remember the nurse said, it's like, okay, you're right at the IC. Um, so that's the other, you can start once you get like, once you can break through the like math fear, which I know comes up a lot in astrology as well. Again, I failed geometry twice. So if I can do it, you can do it. Anyone, anyone can, anyone can break through. Um, it is fun to like, it's a fun party trick. If someone's like, well, I'm a Capricorn rising. I'm like, it's like, 
and I was born at sunset. I'm like, oh, so like, are you a big relationship person thinking of their seventh house, yeah. you know, having their son there? And they're like, yeah, serial monogamous. And it's like every fucking time, my guy, every time. Yeah. And it's also really fun to be able to um, like another party trick fun thing is I feel like we're always keeping track of the transits. So mm-hmm. it's really fun when someone tells you something like I'm a Capricorn rising. Well, I know what's coming into Capricorn right now is we're going to have this uh, uh, Pluto cap for a little while. You know, we're going to have mm-hmm. whatever we're going to ha- you're going to have off work cancer season, your know, opposition. So it is fun to be able to do astrology that way without the without the bones. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's like a, a fun reminder. Yeah. Absolutely. What's well, a way to like, re- like if you can like kind of like get the rising sign just having that breakthrough like you can forecast you know like it's just like because it it is I think the learning the rising sign you're getting more comfortable that will unlock I think the the holdup that comes with houses and it's like basically we just need to set this natal chart on some sort of map and we do need to determine what the when the first house starts and look we have a system to do that so isn't that convenient Mm -hmm. they really thought of everything these ancient people <laughs> from whatever the fuck mm-hmm. um yeah i mean in turn how how do y'all do you feel like has your rising signs come into play for you or like i remember like first learning about like my big three in general and just being like oh that's okay i'm not just a taurus what the fuck but has have you connected to your rising sign has it unveiled anything for you is what's been i guess your relationship with with that I love risings. I as as you guys know, it's one of my very favorite placements in the natal chart, just in general. Not my own, but just generally. Um, I think it's I think it's really fun because it's one of the only ones that can be a wild card. Like it doesn't necessarily move with the planets and the they don't all mm-hmm. necessarily move in a particular I mean it does, but you could just be born at any time of the day. Mm-hmm. So you could just have any rising with any moon or any, you know, it's like, yeah, they don't have to. Uh, it's not beholden to gravity. The same yeah. Way. <laughs> like, it's just any, t- it's just any time of the day. And I think it's, I don't know. I do think I'm like my rising sign. I think there's certain faces that I definitely make. And there's certain ways that my hair falls that like give me horns or whatever. And it's always like, you know, the stuff you hate about yourself. It's never like, I'm never like, Ooh, my sweet horn wrinkles. Like it's not that, but it is like, sometimes I'll catch a a glimpse of myself in the uh, mirror and I'll just be like, Oh, very bold today. Like really going for Taurus fully. Um, I do find that the more that I rely on it in some senses, like there are like parts of it I don't like, you know, like I I do think I'm a reliable person, which I think Taurus Rising is definitely a reliable person. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes I think that's a real detriment in life. Like sometimes I think I like just and, you know, grass is always greener, but sometimes I do wish like people expected me to not show up or whatever (laughs) so I could get away with I could get away with more that way um and so I do dig into other parts of my needle chart to access those things because that's definitely present regardless um and I'm not always I do flake on stuff I'm not always like a hundred um but yeah I think challenging it has been a really fun 
part of astrology for me. It's the bowl. So it's like, how much can I carry is also a, a constant question for me. Um, and you know, for, for what and for whom and all of that. Hell yeah. I definitely relate to my rising sign. Um, I think because it's Libra and there's just so much, and maybe this is now and we're doing it in a more like, I know it's like in a healthy way, but I think there's just like so much of the, like, for me, it feels hard to disentangle, like wanting to be sociable and wanting to be people pleasy. That feels like a hard way to navigate or a thing where I go like, I've been thinking about this a lot too, especially after not, not, not especially after reading this, but, and in reading this too, of like, well, what am I good at? What am I good at? What am I, what are my strengths or something like that? And I think that it's um, hard to read, like caring about what other people think or whatever as a strength sometimes. But I also think that if I'm thinking about the rising sign as like the gateway that gives access to all of these other things, then kind of, it is one of the only places where I feel like I give access to other people if that makes sense or like where it is other other focused because so much of my chart is below the horizon and is kind of internal and is this like um I don't know ideas of things versus a thing but also that wants to interact and kind of play with people and it's like if you don't if you don't present yourself as someone who is available for interacting or play or whatever then kind of none of this other stuff gets to come out without a sounding board and so I think that that part of like, I don't know, being being available and interested in people and being um, like inviting or friendly or or nice. Like, again, no one's going to let you no one's gonna let you be just like come up and be mean to them. Some people like that. Some people might find some people might, but you are more likely to have someone engage with you and be able to kind of do all of these other things if they are going to continue kind of talking to you sort of thing but I do it is one that I feel like I'm struggling with recently um more than in like in in general I think other times it also is like a I don't know um a place to let other people be themselves too let me ask yeah. you this because it's coming up for me as you say that um how do you feel about, okay, so for me, my moon stuff, I like the aesthetic of that. Mm -hmm. Like, I love, like, ocean, cancer moon. I love the pearl thing. I just, like, Hard that relate. really, really digs deep in. But the rising one, for me, it's, it takes some adjusting, and it kind of has to be done in a certain way. So I never really did like the cow kind of stuff growing up, and now I'm finding my pieces and my things that I'm like, Oh, I really like this style of this or whatever. Um, do you feel like that? Because I feel like Libra is one where um, it's like scales, like no one wants to like get on a scale. <laughs> like, yes. But they are, there are like old, beautiful ones too. And there are like cool antique ones and stuff like that. I think that, yes, I absolutely. Um, I, I do, but not always for me. And I think that that's something that it also feels like a thing that sometimes doesn't feel like me because I go like, well, I'm not, I don't feel like a balanced, pulled together kind of thing. Another thing, although I do love, I love a matching 
something. I love a set. And I do think aesthetically, if we're talking rising, that is something that I like absolutely love. But I know that also stuff for me sometimes can lean almost like costumey or something that's like too, um, does not fit like with who I am, that it goes either like too, um, little girl or two like something I don't not little girl that sounds creepy but do you know what I mean like a thing where I'm like oh that's fun look it's a thing with a thing on it and that's like the whole thing together but that's like too much it's not actually the bit the of look. Coco Chanel yes that's like one thing off yes exactly or like a, oh I, let's put a bow on a thing and it no don't do that um it takes it now it's like not an outfit anymore um but yeah, I don't know. I think that definitely like having a it's Venus ruled, but also my Venus is in Sag conjunct Uranus. So I also feel like it's mm. changing all the time. And so it's hard to feel like I feel like some of that Libra stuff is a very like decisive aesthetic point of view. And I feel like mine is kind of I want it to be able to change based on based on what I'm doing. And so I think that, again, is a hard thing to go like, oh, well, is this me or is me just whoever I need to be? And it's like, okay, yeah, yes, both things, but also how can that be? Is that a strength or is that bad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you guys are opposite Venus, Gemini, Venus, and Sag Venus chart. Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oppie Venies. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't Gem Gem and Sag aren't the most opposite in my we've talked about this <laughs> at length before, I think, of the polarities, but interesting. And that you also made a good reminder to there, Julia, with the rising sign is also going to determine if you have a day chart or a night chart, depending on mm-hmm. where your sun is, if it's above the horizon line or below. So just more, just more astro tools for the tool belt. And just, um, yeah, I think that reminder of like what Lisa was saying of how you calculate it, knowing if you are knowing that we are doing this based on the movement of the sun and the relationship between your time of birth and the time of day, because mm-hmm. how we determine sun sign season is where it's going through at sunrise. Um, then, yeah, it is also like, how are we how are we dividing up imaginary space into a way that kind of like tells us tells us and, more about our internal experience? And that, that's another like argument too for sign or equal sign houses where if you are calculating by hand calculating placidus is going to be quite difficult yes the houses are not all going to be equal sizes all of those kind of things mm-hmm. so just remember when you're studying to keep in mind like some people were doing this pre-textbook pre they were doing the actually looking at the stars and doing it by hand and so mm-hmm. like that's why some of the systems are older and different um, mm-hmm. But I still want to hear about how Stevie relates to yes. cancer rising. Yeah. Yes. I, I'll go there. But I think just before I forget this, too, it's fun, too, if you ever are stargazing and you have, like, the Skyview app or whatever and you're looking at the planets. It also, because I have, like, the – I don't know which what, what app it is. Is it, like, Time Nomad? One of the, like – I have the one of the widgets on my iPhone that shows the chart of right now. So it's fun, too, to, like, be like, oh, like – Venus, I know it's in Leo and it's like kind of right there in the sky. And then I'll look, I'm like, oh, it's in the, uh, um, like, like my what house, like the sixth house right now, or like what, or no, it would be up in the sky. It'd be in the 11th house right now. So like, you can kind of start to like literally look in the sky and then also literally look at a chart at the same time and be like, right. That makes sense. The mm-hmm. sun's below the horizon line. Venus is up there. I can, Venus was visible in the night sky, even though the sun was below the horizon, like 
we could see this thing. My, even at my wedding, my cousin, who's not an astrology person was like, he's like, did you plan to have the moon rising above us when the sun was setting? And I was like, no, that was very convenient. That was very convenient. But when I looked at the chart of the wedding, I'm like, oh, right. The moon was like at that position. I could see it in the natal chart of the event. So also it's helpful for sky planning. Um, yeah, I too much of a cancer rising. It's like, Please, please commit me, like throw, lock me in the submarine and throw me down into the ocean with the billionaires. Cause it's no, it's fine. It's just, I, it makes sense. And also I think too, when you learn your rising, it's like, oh my God, I'm such a water sign magnet, like water sign people just can't get enough of me. And it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm off them for right now. So sorry, uh, cancers, Scorpios and Pisces, just, I don't have any more room for any more of you. I just, it's just too much, but yeah, I really relate. And I think to people do open up to me very easily and people want like, just end up in my like family and world and like things can just get really like committed and in. And then I think the fun part is it's like, but I'm at Aries moon. So that's a little, like, you can't just say anything to this sweet cancer rising. Cause she has an opinion <laughs> behind this. Also, I mean, I have Mars and Chiron right there. It tells a loaded story. There's a lot of like matriarchal stuff in my family. My mom's also a Cancer Mars too. So there's just like a lot of, I've related, I think having a planet with my rising felt when I first learned about it, it felt very like digestible. It's like, okay, well, I don't just, just have a rising. There's also a planet there and an asteroid. So this makes sense. So, and I think, you don't have to have a planet in the mm-hmm. sign of your rising. That is fine. I think just for me, it's like, okay, okay, okay. I got all these signs covered. Like now I can, I have space to learn about more than just Taurus now. Cause of course, like we're going to start with our sun sign. Um, so yeah. And I think too, like, my God, I, I think I got a reading with Colin Bedell. Was that pandemic? I don't know. Years ago. And I remember I was like, I'm sad. Like, I'm just sad. And then the summertime sadness, he's like, yeah. And he's Placidus, I believe. I don't think that's changed. And he was like, yeah, the sun, we're in cancer season, but the sun is still in transiting your 12th house. Once that sun crosses that degree, it probably will feel a little lighter. And I'm sure there's other aspects and things going on too. So it doesn't mean, you know, for anyone who has a 12th house sun or 12th house placements, like it doesn't mean you're doomed to depression. But you right are. Now, I'm here. I'm 12th house sun. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad out here. I know you're out there. You're always messaging me. <laughs> but I think too, for even sun there or not, like knowing that the sun is about to enter, it's not in your first house yet. It's not there in your spirit, in your soul, like in that full bodied space. And I was just like, that, that was like a big rising sign click for me having that reading with him. And being like, oh, right. Like that 12th house is things that can be not known to us a lot of the times or things that feel a little outside of us or like, what the fuck? <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think when we do have those first house transits, it feels a little more in our control, but not every, not any, is anything in our control, but it, it, feel, well, like, it gives the illusion of that at least. It's of us, not out of our kind of like reach or whatever. And I think that mm-hmm. that's something that makes sense about the rising sign. Even what you were saying, Lisa, of like wanting to be more unpredictable versus have, being seen as reliable, where it's like, how, what am I not, not that we can't also go against our rising, but there is a thing where it's like, oh no, I, my, 
this is the thing that also people project onto me, or this is the thing that I project out, whether or not that's the way I'm intending to do it. This is the way that it's most often received in the world. And then that is, how is that both supporting and limiting the ways that we also want to express this other thing? And if, you know, you have such, so much Taurus in the 12th versus the first of that being like, oh, I'd like to also be, I'd also like to be Oh. not seen you know i'd prefer I mean? versus- yeah for most of the time and also i think it there is for me it is that thing of like i establish that too it's not like but every single sign is going to have a limitation to mm-hmm. it yes. and so someone who is a pisces rising who is super organized who is this and whatever and people are always like you're just so chill and they're like i'm not fucking chill you mm-hmm. know and it's okay like Sometimes you need to be chill and sometimes you don't. And so you probably get invited to a lot of chill events. And I, I you know, and but some sometimes you're like, I need like work. And it's mm-hmm. hard to get people to like give me work because they think I'm just chilling or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, just an example, but uh I, every Lisa, single worst, sign has that. Worst case, yes. just switch the whole sign, your first house son. Boom. Things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Did- there's other problems with having because other planets are there too um but yeah you know jupiter mm-hmm. first house not necessarily easy mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i do switch <laughs> that's me when i when i'm mad what, at, I, what i don't want to see today that's me with my mars i'm like no it's the first house today like i i can't i can't with the abyss <laughs> i'll move i'll move it i'll move it in my personhood exactly well it's exactly also, i think we all have majority on the left on our eastern oh. hemisphere yeah um, i'm pretty i'm pretty balanced i, I have pretty, a lot of i'm pretty splayed you're splayed mm-hmm. um well i just yeah, i have a stellium yes. on the other side and yeah it's so it is that pull but i think i but i also think that is why i mean i guess that is truly like switch where it is both um in in reading the inner sky portion about how we're dividing the chart and setting up the the ascendant and houses the eastern side being about kind of like free will and Mm -hmm. and self-determination the western side being a little bit more about fate and and outcome Mm. and so that kind of decision to go like no actually i'm choosing i'm choosing its first house today because i need to be the one that's in charge of how things are going instead of being left to the winds of change and kind of going with the flow sort of thing and so again i think that that is like the rising sign as a point of where we are just orienting ourselves in time and space and that being a thing of like, yeah, that is sometimes you decide I'm being this person today. And sometimes it's this is what someone told me. And that actually suits my needs the best. So if I hey, if you think I'm this person, sure, absolutely, because what I want to get out of this situation is blah, blah, X, Y and Z. And me being seen this way is more profitable that way. But like, I don't know, just the thinking of those that is also within within the structure of our chart which is determined by the rising sign is more than just the planets itself it is also like the ways in which we are doing that and i think that that speaks to probably speaks to everyone's rising sign too mm-hmm. i'm like do i want my capricorn cluster yeah. to be health problems or relationship problems i'll see which one i feel like i feel yeah. like it representing today which one which one do i want to which standard Truthfully, relationship every time by the way like <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't clear well, uh, if you're in the middle of health problems, sometimes it's a little bit comforting to know 
the stars or you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you're yeah. wishing like, for that him, makes sense. But if you're like going to the doctor a bunch, you're like, what is going on? You know? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I feel like only just because I don't, just for any Placidus users, we do we can get those intercepted houses too with this mm-hmm. system. So if you're like, wait, it skips right over this uh you know, this sign, you know, going, it's just, I mean, I think we have an episode on it. So just find to search that's just search that and go from there. But yeah, I think seeing, seeing where your chart rollers at, knowing your degree, getting a sense of, you know, especially if you can use like software and see like where the planets are transiting, just gives, I don't know, just like it, I, the rising unlocks the map. It just does, at least for me, it, well, it's like, like, it wh- puts it all in a perspective. What are you looking at versus like, the yeah it's the i'm gonna know so much more about you from your rising sign than just a little bit of like a planet or two it's like if you were looking at a map of a city but it didn't have any of like the streets to get there there was just the landmarks Mm -hmm. out there you'd be like oh okay cool and i can kind of see where they are in orientation to themselves but is that now we're not seeing that there's a mountain range (laughs) that you have to get over oh these things look close but actually they're not at all yeah and then also having all your angles so the first Mm-hmm. fourth seventh and tenth houses are going to be the same modality as you're rising because that's how it's all connected it's all connected it's all sacred geometry <laughs> it's all it's all very like it's like once you can kind of break through it's like so cleanly laid out sometimes well, they won't be exact either too like with, it, with the yeah, accepted it, stuff it, yeah and but that's okay because like we're saying if you are at a party or whatever it is fun to be able to be like someone's talking about their they want to ask you about astrology and they're talking about their work thing if you have their rising you can go instantly to what their midheaven is and mm-hmm. where the yeah mm-hmm. yeah well yeah I, i'm Never mind. I can't. I can't. <laughs> she, <laughs> sim- she simply no. can't. Well, it's just that. Yeah, it's that of like the like the same modality or that or of just like dividing things because they are there are things that are like not. I don't want to say set in stone because it's not that, but there are these things that we like kind of can't get around, and we can mm-hmm. we can find ways to express, but they still come through those things. You can't be you can't be unborn and decide to be born somewhere else. You're born where you are, the time you are, the the year you are. All of those things are things again that we know when we're talking about time, we are talking about rising sign, but we're also talking about then that this creates these fundamental structures in our chart that are things that we are constantly navigating with and around and mm-hmm. thinking about how that is both like, again, not a planet, but thinking about how how do those things either support or get in the way of the ways that certain things want to express? And then how does that determine how we are expressing? And mm-hmm. I know that that's like complicated in a lot of things, but I think it does help give the fuller picture because if we don't know Again, you aren't just a sun sign in space projecting out being pure Sagittarius energy at all times. You also have to operate within this structure. And how much does that allow you to be the thing that you want to be? Again, not saying that anyone can't be be their sun sign because they have a rising sign that isn't that. But like you said, Lisa, it is that wild card one that could be completely, completely unrelated to the rest of the things, whereas the other planets move with each other and are are in in a cycle relationship whether they are in positive aspect or not they still move within a cyclical uh, manner but rising sign is the is the wild card and it is the thing that can determine uh you know mm-hmm. well what, it's also yeah. again something i think we talk about a lot in here 
self-awareness at the end of the day there are people who go out and they are uh sag with a libra rising and they just act their son and you go Mm -hmm. does do you not know do you not know i mean we all have those people in our lives where you go you you i guess you don't know what we think Mm -hmm. or you know what i mean and it's like we've given you all the clues or whatever we've had the conversations you know but you just never seem to pick it up and people don't like those people so it mm-hmm. is like look at the thing and see and let people and of course like I use you as an example but I'm not obviously talking about <laughs> you I use your example but I just think like it yeah knowing how people see you kind yes. of a big deal you know or, kind yeah. of an issue mm-hmm. yes. the amount of Scorpio risings I've met who with this Leo midheaven like it, it, it just unlocks something because it is like why do I keep being asked to like be the center of attention, like Scorpio, right? Like that's, that's mm-hmm. very opposite of Scorpio rising or the things you'll read of like in the shadows, lurking, doing their thing. And then there is something being called to have the sun at this high visible spot. So it just, it is really just, it adds so many like highlights and low lights. I'm going very hair now, like in dimension to your chart and that we contain multitudes. Hell yeah. Okay, least favorite rising sign, go. okay virgo and cancer i I almost said one um but i can't i'm 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 trying to think i'm joking but i'm not trying to think of someone i don't like but i don't have the rising sign so it's not Uh, working out oh that is the harder part yeah Yeah. it's harder to clock them because you'll need intimate birth information scorpio might be a tough one on me i i say it every time no i don't mean it I'm sorry. I use it every time. No, I say no, it every time. No, but see, these strategic Scorpios are like, she's talking about the rising. It's not me. Yeah. It's someone else. I'm sorry. Who is this? I I know. I'm like, I, I do feel like there is one that comes to mind, but I don't want to say it because I don't want anyone too, to too take obvious. it. I don't want anyone to take it personally. I um, do want them to take it personally. If let's you carry this as like, a Patreon. If you listen to yeah. Patreon with this. Yeah, this is sure. Patreon. Patreon. O- yes, this is Patreon only. Um, I, I'm like, I want one person to take it personally and I don't, I want no one else to take it. I'm personally. telling you, if you hear this and you think that something's about you that I've said, it is and it is personal. I agree. Same. You heard me. I accidentally leaked mine. So you get a taste. We'll find out Julia, Julia's and Lisa's least favorite rising sign. I also I... did say my own. So I'm allowed. I'm <laughs> yeah, allowed. No, yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. That's and then fair. I'll say it again for the people in back Virgo. Maybe, no. <laughs> maybe, maybe it is. I, I no, would no also, save it. I was we like, can, no, yeah, I was going to say look. I can. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll save it. All right. Bye. Sorry to bo- <laughs> See us on Patreon. Thank you for listening. Um, rising oh and last thing i think we mentioned it already i mean we said it because the thing but again saying it explicitly read your rising sign horoscope because like lisa said this is Mm -hmm. where everything's happening you might need to adjust like lisa said depending on your house system what is in the first house there but again this is how we this is how we integrate astrology and how we know what that is we are reading for a rising sign because horoscopes are telling you where the planets are moving not where they are in relationship to your natal planets we have no idea Mm -hmm. when you're writing a horoscope so this is the only one that we can say generally speaking so read horoscopes for your rising sign Mm -hmm. and see if that doesn't play out a little bit better sometimes like a susan miller for example she'll pepper in oh and you're the moon and virgo will be trining the sun like she'll acknowledge the part where she is talking about the sun but if they're mm-hmm. not talking about the exact sun getting lit up mm-hmm. they're talking about your fucking rising okay yeah. they're talking about where your houses are in relation to your rising sign because that's where it sets your fucking houses yes so 
no, read good, for your rising reminder. important reminder message us with your least favorite rising sign <laughs> comment because on we don't know because for this episode yeah comment comment with your and least tag favorite. the person <laughs> yes um and uh join us on patreon to find out our answers uh what's your patreon.com slash what's your sign podcast podcast thank you <laughs> <laughs> okay you get we, it. we love you thank you for listening we'll see you next week bye bye, bye. Thanks for listening to What's Your Sign. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love this podcast, please support us. Check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash what's your sign podcast. The link to support us is in the show notes. Follow us on Instagram at what's your sign podcast, on Twitter at what's yr sign underscore pod, and TikTok at what's your sign podcast. For business opportunities, advertising, or commission readings, email us, what's your sign podcast at gmail.com. WIS is produced by Julia Logan, Stevie Anderson, and Lisa Chenu. Artwork by Alexa Vicious and theme song by Honor Nezzo.